Wrapping up our 2022 farm system previews is the AOS champion and World Series champion Houston Astros, who lost Justin Verlander in free agency and may be replacing him with a miniature Justin Verlander. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And when we're looking at the Houston Astros, 106-56 and 56 last year, so won 100 games. Obviously, it worked, went to the postseason, won the World Series over the Philadelphia Phillies. And so... Not a ton of holes on the team, right? You re-sign some of the crucial guys. Alex Bregman's back. You replace Yuli Gurriel at first. Jose Abreu. Uh, but you lose Justin Verlander. And so if there's any rotation in baseball that could find good enough pitching or had enough good pitching to weather the loss of a Justin Verlander, it's probably the Houston Astros. And one of the big reasons for that is the number one prospect in the system, right-hand pitcher Hunter Brown. So, 6'2", 203, he was a 2019 fifth rounder out of Wayne State, Division II school in Detroit. So, during his formative years, he's watching Justin Verlander as a Detroit Tiger. And it really looks like he's modeled a lot of his game off of his childhood hero in Justin Verlander. So, very physical muscular, athletic pitcher. Kind of fits that modern image of what you think of as a stud uh, ace pitcher. Uh, The stuff, the fastball is a 70-grade fastball. 95 to 97, can touch 100. Has a really good, like, backspin to it. And so it plays up really well when he has a high slot and kind of a flat pitch profile. It doesn't doesn't drop as much as a typical fastball does because of that backspin. So plays really well, especially up in the zone. He's got two different breaking balls. Uh, first one is a slider, kind of looks like a cutter. Uh, sits in the low 90s, above average pitch solidly. And then he has a curveball with some two-plane break that's in the low to mid 80s. And so your different speeds, different movement profiles. He also has a changeup, sits in the upper 80s. Definitely the the fourth of the four pitches, but very much has kind of a vertical thing because the fastball uh, obviously stays up really well because of the backspin. The the curveball significant downward movement, and then the 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 slider slash cutter doesn't quite uh, move as much as as those two pitches, and, and so it kind of fills that spot in the middle. Uh, did really well last year, both in the minors and in the bigs. So he got 23 games, 14 of those were starts in AAA because they were working on him. They wanted to bring him up as a reliever for the stretch run. So this is in AAA Sugarland, 255 ERA and 106 innings pitched, 134 strikeouts, so 11, just about 11.4 per nine, to 45 walks, 3.8 per nine, and five home runs allowed. When he got up, he made two starts at the big league level, and the rest of it was in relief. So seven games, but two starts, a total of 20 and a third innings, 0.89 ERA, faced 80 batters, 
had 22 strikeouts, so 9.7 per nine, to seven walks, 3.1 per nine, did not give up a home run at the big league level, and then in the postseason appeared in three different games, all games, um, two of the ALDS and one of the ALCS, went three and two-thirds innings, three walks, one strikeout, two hits, no runs allowed, faced 14 batters. It's, it's hard to find fault with Hunter Brown. In the past, we were kind of looking at, obviously, like, you know, like I said, the changeup is not great. It's a clear fourth pitch. He didn't use it a lot. Um, when you watch what he actually does with those two breaking balls, the slider, he can throw it for a strike. He can throw it out of the zone. And so it's really good at getting chase out of the zone and then inducing suboptimal contact in the zone. The curveball is very much a swing and miss pitch. It very much is a, you're geared up for that fastball because it looks like the four-seamer coming in and then it just drops under your bat. So, does really well mixing those three. Again, I think the changeup, if it was a little bit better, uh, you'd have maybe another little level of the ceiling. The control and the command got up to average last year. Love what Hunter Brown does. Very excited to see him in a full season uh, in the bigs to see what he can do. Slot him in as your fifth starter. You've got plenty of arms there in Houston. And just let him go every five days, see what you got, see how well he can do. He's actually, I think, second best odds for rookie of the year in the American League at plus 750. Love Hunter Brown. Number two prospect in this system is uh, Yanye Diaz, the catcher, six foot 195. Uh, his 2016 IFA got 105 games between AA and AAA last year. 306, 356, 542, 25 home runs, 51 extra base hits in 105 games, so almost one every other game. 34 walks to 79 strikeouts and two with two on stolen bases. He is definitely offense over defense, right? The power is plus. The contact ability, I think, is kind of average at best. And ultimately, that's going to be the thing that holds Yanni Diaz back. Uh, if he struggles, it's going to be the, the the contact ability. He's got power to all fields, but one, obviously, as we talk about, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. A lot of what he does is kind of driven by the hands and the wrists. A lot of arm in the swing versus the full body. Obviously, still works. The power goes to all fields. He is prone sometimes to chase on something up, especially from a left-hand pitcher. So you've got a little bit of work to do with Yanya Diaz offensively, and I, I'm worried that that may limit the overall ceiling a little bit. Not quite sure. He did get into six games in the bigs last year. Grand total of eight at-bats. So it's really not even worth looking at the stats because, one, they're not flattering. But, two, it's just an incredibly, incredibly small sample size. Uh, defensively, one of the issues you have is the arm is plus. The speed is well below average, probably somewhere between a 30 and a 40. Framing, he's perfectly average to maybe above average at framing, not his best tool. He's not awful at it, so it's not going to hurt you there, but blocking, he's not a great blocker. Just He struggles uh, moving laterally to get a ball, to get something that's wild. You're going to have an increase of passed balls uh, and wild pitches when he is behind the plate. As I've always thought about those two and the difference in those two, for me, it was always if the catcher got a glove on it, it was a passed ball. If the catcher didn't get a glove on it, it was a wild pitch. And the big thing here when you're talking about Yanye Diaz and the defense kind of being questionable because of 
the framing okay, but the blocking not being great and all of that means that you're looking at possibly using him somewhere else. He's listed as a catcher slash DH. He played 50 games at catcher last year, but 36 at first base and a couple games in the corner outfield. Despite the slow foot speed, uh, the arm ends up being an asset out there. So uh, a lot of questions about where you put Yanye Diaz. Obviously, you've got you know some catcher stuff to work out there in Houston. But either way, the, the bat is good. The power is good, provided he can get it into games. Again, some chase, left-hand pitcher stuff. You got some things to work on, but promising and probably one of the best power hitters in this system. Number three prospect in this system, outfielder Drew Gilbert. 2022 first rounder out of Tennessee, the first of back-to-back outfielders taken in the draft last year. Uh, 5'9", 185. And Drew Gilbert is described kind of, uh, some of the, I, I wrote down some of the quotes that I saw when I was looking uh, up some other opinions of him besides what I already had from college baseball and stuff like that. Uh, spark plug, I've heard him called that. All gas, no brakes. Uh, high motor, high energy all the time. Things like that. He has above average speed and a plus arm. Smaller guy, but just full of energy, right? Uh, defensively, you're looking at, he's probably one of your better center field defenders already, if not the best outfield defender in this system. Uh, and again, driven by that above average speed, the arm being really good. Uh, offensively, uh, it's more of a contact over power. Part of that's kind of obvious with the frame. He's done a lot of the physical development he's going to be able to do already. I mean, 5'9", 185, not a ton of additional room in there. Uh, what he does well is he manages the strike zone very well. Very good strike zone awareness. And so the hit tool, uh, the above average hit tool, and the power being average is driven more so by good strike zone decisions and high quality of contact versus just absolute power. He does really well at barreling a ball, especially something on the inner half and putting it out to right field. Very kind of impressive there. The hit tool, again, comes out above average. He's not aggressive on the base paths, despite being above average runner, uh, but he is very good at first to third on a base hit, stuff like that. So not as much of a stolen base threat as he is in uh, just uses the speed to take extra bases. Uh, Again, would probably one of your best, if not your best center field defender already, can play any of the three outfield spots. So it gives you some versatility and you feel really good about the floor of Drew Gilbert. Again, the ceiling, not as high as some of the other guys because of just the kind of cap on the power being average. But it's very easy to see how relatively quickly he can be uh, a everyday regular center fielder at the major league level, hitting probably in the bottom half of your lineup. But there's a scenario where you might put him as a leadoff guy and just understand he's not going to steal a ton. The other big outfielder from that last draft, Jacob Melton, 2022 second rounder out of Oregon State, 6'3", 208, actually got in 19 games in low A last year. Gilbert got in a couple, but he collided with the outfield wall and missed the rest of the season. So uh, these stats are a little bit larger sample size. So 19 games in low A, 324, 424, 577. Again, small sample, but 300, 400, 500, which we love to see. Four home runs, 10 extra base hits, 11 walks to 20 strikeouts, and four of six on stolen bases. Uh, Defensively, plus arm, above average defense, above average to plus speed. Again, can play any spot in the outfield, just like Gilbert can, although I think he's probably suited more so for a corner 
than center field, just simply because I'm of the, the philosophy that those larger guys, you know, 210 already, uh, end up doing something where so much too much running in center can impact the legs. So I'm probably going to put him in a corner if it's me, but he get he has good read routes reactions in center field. Offensively, it's a fringe to have, I have it as a 50 grade hit tool. A lot of places have it as a 45 grade hit tool. Uh, kind of a whippy, like a shorter whippy swing. So he gets it into the box relatively quickly. It doesn't always stay in the strike zone for an incredibly long time because it's a really quick whip-like action. He's got a lot of stuff in the setup. There's a there's a leg kick, his hands dip, all this kind of stuff. A lot of stuff going on in there. He's got to clean it up a little bit. He did a little bit of that cleanup last year, but he has a little bit more to do. Uh, what helps the hit tool play up is he's very good at working account. Another guy that has good pl- uh, strike zone discipline, good plate awareness, and then has enough barrel control to foul off borderline pitches and wait to get something to drive. He can use the power to all fields, but his sweet spot is just crushing a ball into the left center gap. Like That's, that's exactly where uh, he wants to put it, and he gets the best production. I want to say his... 90th percentile exit below was like 105.4. So plus speed, um, but good power into the gaps. He can take multiple bases, turn singles into doubles, things like that. Really like Jacob Melton. Again, uh, the swing, a little bit busy. You may have to clean that up a bit at the big league level, but should be another fast mover in this system. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. It's a little bit... Uh, different than it's been in the past, a little bit less pure talent here, but some uh, interesting and unusual players. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Spring training opens today. So pitchers and catchers are reporting on the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. And so uh, that means road trips to Arizona or to Florida. I've got one scheduled for in March already uh, to go see some some folks in Florida. I'm going to Bradenton. I'm going to Lakeland. I'm going... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to see Yankees, I'm going to see Tigers, I'm going to see Pirates. I think I'm going to catch some Braves uh, while I'm there as well. So go going to check all that out. And when you're road tripping, if you're like me uh, and, and my family, you stop and you grab tons of snacks, you gr- grab tons of food from the gas station, you're getting chips and candy and crackers and all of this stuff, and it's not very healthy. And instead, you got to try a Built Bar. They're, they're healthy but tasty. So all Built Bars, 100% real chocolate. The flavors, fantastic. Peanut butter brownie, my wife's favorite. Churro, my favorite. Coconut almond, I don't like coconuts, but a lot of people do. So, tons of options. You can stock up on these. The macros on these are great and help you stay full. 17 grams of protein keeps you full, keeps you satiated. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, still good for you. So, you're not continuing to just destroy candy all the way down on your road trip. If you run out of what you bought from Built.com, where they have all of the flavors, all the limited time things, all of that, if you run out of those while you're traveling, you can stop at uh, a a Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars, a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff, or you can go to a Sam's Club and grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter or churro. It's the best way to stick to your healthy eating habits in 2023 on your road trip. Okay, so looking at the pitching in this system, obviously you've brought a lot of pitching to the bigs. A lot of international guys, Christian Javier, uh, Framber Valdez, a lot of these guys. There's still a couple, um, 
Hunter Brown, we're very excited about. He'll be a big leaguer all year. There's a couple other pitchers in this system that are really interesting in, in different ways. So right-hand pitcher Spencer Aragetti, 2021 sixth rounder out of University of Louisiana Lafayette, 6'2", 186, got in 27 games last year between high-A Asheville and double-A Corpus Christi. 17 of those were starts. He had some relief stuff earlier in the year with Asheville and a relief appearance late with Corpus Christi. A lot of that's workload stuff on things like that. 5-3-2 ERA in 106 and two-thirds innings, 152 strikeouts, so 12.8 per nine, to 55 walks, 4.6 per nine, and nine home runs allowed. When you look at the stuff that Spencer Aragetti has, it is a deep starter-like arsenal. Okay, so the fastball above average, 93 to 94, touches 97. It plays up a bit, though, because yes, he's a he's 6'2", but he comes out of a true three-quarter slot as a drop-and-drive guy. So the release point is lower than a lot of other uh, pitchers his size. And then to go along with that, because so many of these pitchers are really good at getting backspin on their fastball, he's another one. The, the fastball comes in almost flat. Doesn't have nearly as much drop as a typical four-seam fastball would have. And so uh, makes it play up a bit because of the approach angle, because of the shape, things like that. To go with it, he has a plus slider. slider. It's a sweepy slider in the low 80s, as well as a, an average curveball that is high 70s, kind of more of a two-plane break. So he has... From the same slot, the same kind of whippy arm speed, uh, but the low release point, he has a dead straight fastball that stays up in the zone when it should be dropping. He has a slider that breaks to the side, and then Spencer Aragetti has a curveball that breaks down and away from a right-handed hitter. Uh, to go along with that, he has a changeup. It's below average. Uh, looks okay. He has it just for lefties. It flashes sometimes. But it's just not really consistent. And that's something you see a lot uh, in, in, in pitchers who have never really had to have a good changeup. Uh, he, he does struggle a bit with throwing strikes. And so there is some reliever risk there. If he can't consistently throw strikes, you'll move him as a fastball slider guy to the bullpen. But I like Spencer Aragetti as far as the way his stuff plays, the, uh, the visual approach, the different velocities. Again, fastballs mid to upper 90s. Sliders low 80s, curveballs high 70s, changeup is mid 80s, gives you a lot of different speeds, different movements, really like it. Again, just need to get the, the changeup control a little better and throw more strikes in general. He did get better last year with it, but still have to do more. Uh, right-hand pitcher Michael Ulola, I think is the way you say this, U-L-L-O-L-A, 2021 IFA, uh, six foot 184, so not a huge guy, but 11 starts last year in 22 total games in low A. Another situation you're kind of monitoring workload, stuff like that. Nothing to worry about. Uh, 325 ERA in 72 innings pitched, 120 strikeouts, so 15 strikeouts per nine, which is absurd. Uh, 55 walks, 6.8 walks per nine, which is absurd in a bad way. Um, three home runs allowed. So the thing here is... He bases everything around this fantastic fastball, right? Uh, the the scouting report, I think on Baseball America, calls him a fire-breathing dragon. Like, that's how it's it's a fastball-heavy approach. So, sits 93 to 95, touches 98. Again, 
kind of a flat plane. So it has that backspin on it, has good ride as well up in the zone. Uh, it's something where it is incredibly good to the point of if you look at minor league pitchers last year who threw 700 or more four seam fastballs, his swing and miss rate was 48%, and that was almost 8% better than the next closest pitcher in the minor leagues. Like, that's how good this fastball is. Again, it's plus simply, I think, because of the velo, because it sits 93 to 95. If this got two or three ticks of velocity on it, it's probably a 70-grade pitch already. To go a lot, like, the, the issue is the fastball is so good that he's been able to do a lot of what he needs to do with just that fastball. And so he has a couple different secondaries, and they're all kind of, at best, maybe average. He has a slider, uh, mid-80s. He's got a curveball in the low 80s. He's got a changeup in the high 80s. But he really can't command any of them uh, that well or all of them at the same time. So it's just some more stuff to do. As he continues to move up, guys usually get a little bit better with command. You're going to need to see him throw more strikes. Uh, because if not, he's going to be a reliever. Now he's going to be a high leverage reliever who works out of the back end of the bullpen and just pumps tons of power, but he's going to be a reliever unless you can fix that. Uh, and then there is Forrest Whitley. 2016 first rounder out of high school, uh, at one point in time was the number one pitching prospect in baseball. Uh, he's not anymore. 6'7", 238. And the fastball is still plus. It doesn't have the same movement, the same high-quality movement that used to make it a 70-grade, or even some people had it better than that. But it's still plus fastball, 92 to 95, touches 97, last that he was healthy. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, has a slider, has a curveball. Both of them have tons of spin, a changeup as well. But he's got control issues, right? The command and control are below, are below average overall. And he struggles with the fastball up. He'll throw it right over the strike zone. He struggles with, he has a cutter. The cutter can't land it for a strike. Uh, Usually can't get both the slider and the curveball to land for strikes in the same outing. Uh, And so it's just something where he had Tommy John last year. We'll get to that more in the stay healthy segment for the superlatives. But he is definitely going to be probably, this is his, this, this is it. This is the make or break year where he's got to become valuable to the organization. Uh, I think at this point, you are looking for him to hopefully make it as a single inning reliever. You will take that simply because like he's thrown going into last year because he had the Tommy John of 2021 going into last year since 2018, he had only thrown like under 60 innings because of all of these injuries. So and then last year, he only got, I think, 33 innings in AAA Sugarland. So you need him to be healthy and preferably be able to throw enough strikes to make a useful one-inning reliever. Just kind of a bad situation to be in. In just a minute, I want to get to the superlatives. There are some fantastic guys in this system who deserve some of these interesting awards. And, and then I, I'm excited about this breakout guy. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Uh, The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, how many threes are going to be made, 
all of that kind of stuff. You can combine your bets for the chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And then obviously, if basketball is not your thing, pitchers and catchers report this week. And so as we get more clarity as to who's going to make rosters, things like that, you'll see some of the odds for futures, for the World Series, for all of that stuff start to change. Really interesting. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so superlatives, we've already kind of given a couple of these away. Your best outfield defender, I'm going to have to go with Drew Gilbert. Uh, your, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool, Yanye Diaz. So far, he's made the approach work. Uh, like I said, in 105 games last year between AA and AAA, only 79 strikeouts while having 25 home runs, 51 extra base hits, and a slug of 542. So he's made it work so far. I want to talk about, and I thought about having like a Corey Jolks or somebody as the other option for this, but it's going to be Yanye Diaz because I'm worried about uh, the chase up, especially from lefties, something he's going to have to fix. And you saw it a little bit in his major league sample. But I want to talk about the breakout guy in this system is he technically probably broke out last year, but somebody who has surprised a lot of people, including himself, I think, is outfielder Justin Durden. So 2022, I'm sorry, 2020 undrafted free agent uh, out of Southeastern Missouri State. Previously was at East Carolina before that. He started his college career in 2016 at ECU, had to transfer, uh, and so missed all of 2017. Didn't get drafted in 2020, was an undrafted free agent. Uh, but spent, like last year, double A to triple A, and combined slash line in 124 games. 302, 384, 558. 24 home runs, 69 extra base hits, 51 walks to 134 strikeouts, and 12 of 15 on stolen bases. But I want to, real quick, fill you in on just the double-A Corpus Christi numbers for Justin Durden. So 92 games in double-A Corpus Christi in 2022. 324, 411, 616. So 300, 400, 600 slash line. 20 home runs, 57 extra base hits, 41 walks to 94 strikeouts, and 7-9 on stolen bases. Kept the strikeout rate right there around 20% or so ton of power. It's something where uh, I don't necessarily, I think he may have just been like a late bloomer. And I don't think he even necessarily knew how athletic and how good he would be when he got in there. Uh, it's something, his his offensive approach is like, his, his power is only above average. His hit tool is somewhere between uh, 45 to, to 50. And the issue is on the offensive approach, is he sometimes expands the zone and sometimes tries to do too much. He is best as a hitter when he focuses on consi- like making consistent, high-quality contact and putting the ball in the air. He excels at not hitting too many ground balls. I think uh, the entire... like He, he had almost 500 at-bats last year, and he, he grounded into six double plays. Incredibly low number, just very good at putting the ball in the air. The raw power, he can send the ball to every part of the park. Although, 
I feel like he's a little bit better when he pulls it versus trying to go all all fields. He can go to all fields, though. Uh, Speed-wise, above average speed, kind of like I mentioned with Drew Gilbert, not really a huge stolen base threat. I mean, you saw the numbers 12 to 15, but the speed manifests more in those rare occasions he does put the ball on the ground, beating out an infield hit, and then stretching a single into a double. Defensively, I think he'd be an average center fielder, but I think he'd be above average to plus if you put him in a corner. So absolutely love to see that. Something where I really feel good about Justin Durden this year. He's going to go back to AAA, I assume, to start the year, but he's a good candidate to get called up. I think even if he ends up not being a starter, like I think he's good enough to be an everyday starter. But even if for some reason he is not, he's going to be a fantastic fourth outfielder and be on rosters for a decade. I just, I love what Justin Durden does. Love his game. Fantastic week this week. Tomorrow, we're covering the Seattle Mariners. Obviously promoted Julio Rodriguez. What a fantastic success story there. But have also been aggressive at moving talent out of the system in trades to supplement the big league roster and make it back to the playoffs. So we're going to look and see what they have left in there, and what you can expect from those guys in 2023. In the meantime, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in, in the new Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description, and the link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Oh.